welcome to Deep Lore, the podcast that is neither. As always, I am Tom. And I'm Beth. And today we are here to talk about Avatar, book one, episode 19, The Siege of the North, part one. Yay. Yeah, this is uh, great. It feels a little weird to be splitting up the finale episode into two parts, Eh. but uh, we're going to have enough to talk about to justify it, I think. Fuck yeah, shit ton happened in this episode. Yeah, for a part one, it's pretty strong. I mean, it doesn't end as strong as most episodes, but that's because this is mostly set up. Yeah, no, but it does one hell of a good job at that, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, fantastic stuff all around. Uh, Let's get into the summary. The Fire Nation's massive armada prepares to attack the Northern Water Tribe at dawn. The tribe readies its defenses, and Sokka volunteers to be a warrior after Yue explains that she cannot contact him anymore. With Iroh at his side, Zhao leads the invasion, battling Water Tribe forces for the entire day. Meanwhile, Zuko infiltrates the tribe on his own, seeking to capture Aang. Aang believes venturing into the spirit world and speaking to the moon and ocean spirits might give him the wisdom to defeat the Fire Nation. After Aang's spirit leaves for the spirit world, Zuko manages to kidnap his body. Hooray! Hooray! So uh, apparently we both wrote Katara is killing it. Katara's killing it. I also wrote um, it opens with Katara being a bad bitch. Sure. Um, which she absolutely does. She's killing it and she like she's she's fucking up all of what's his dick's other students. She's being totally awesome here. Love that. She's like she's determined. She is just she's a rock star. Aang, on the other hand, is uh, being a lazy motherfucker. Yeah, well, I love this intro for a lot of reasons. It does a good job establishing that some time has passed between this and the last episode. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you can kind of infer that some time passes between most episodes, but this is a very clear, like, she was just starting to train with Paku, and now she is his star pupil. Yo. And, I mean... He's no longer even, like, grudgingly accepting of her talent. He's just kind of like, wow, Katara, you really showed me how bad the rest of my students are, so thanks for that. <laughs> like, she... <laughs> Fucking bastard. I hate him so much. But she she basically, they're a great fit. Yeah. Because she helps him whip his students into shape. Like, you see, like, the, the pan across all of his... Uh, oh, yeah, students no, they're that all she's like up. defeated easily like there's the the one at the beginning who's like okay begin and she's like two moves in done and it's yeah. just like yeah he has nothing left to teach her at this point she's basically if not a master uh, enough of one to keep teaching ang which yeah. i mean we'll get to that later but right. I, I think it's important that we establish that like her dedication and her enthusiasm are are huge assets. At the very least, she reaches a level of good enough. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, well, I mean, better than anyone else her age and probably yeah. older. I think some of those kids were older. Yep. I, I would And be, they had been training pretty much uh, forever, so. Yeah. I would be interested to see Katara versus Paku after she got trained. Oh yeah. That right. would be cool if, if it was like, okay, now fight. And you know, maybe it's much more even, but mm-hmm. anyway, I don't have time to waste on that. They just gotta talk about how Aang sucks. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not that he sucks, it's that he just, he... I mean, okay, it, it he does suck, but He's it's not only... He's just being Aang, yeah, he you know? would rather use waterbending to look at this cool trick I can do. Yeah, look, I can turn myself into a snowman. And that's cute and it's funny, adorable. but it's like, we are at war, my dude. Yeah. 
But I, I do think it's important to highlight those kind of character differences. Especially for later. I will absolutely circle back around to this point. Yeah. At a later date, because there is something I definitely want to talk about in relation to that. Speaking of things you want to talk about, we get another great tragic romance scene with UA. Fucking Christ. They did not do... Mm, mm, mm. The writers here did not do UA any justice. Like, is it any wonder that she is not everyone's favorite fucking character with the way she is written? I mean, she's basically a plot device. Yes. Oh, and she didn't have to be. I mean, she... uh, I would say maybe she's she's a little bit more than a plot device, Uh, but not much more. Yeah. uh, I want to like UA. I desperately want to like UA because she has... So much fucking potential. You know, I, I, and our, you know, I, I've talked before about like soft power and yeah. UA absolutely, um, she embodies that in so many ways. But instead, we're just fucking talking about her tragic romantic life, which is fine. That's interesting. Please give me more to her than that. Yeah. Please give me more than her running off crying. Well, maybe next episode something interesting will happen to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I so when we get to UA and Sokka, they're just hanging out, right? Yeah. It's been about 2 weeks, I think we can yeah. based on the faces of the moon. They've been hanging out for 2 weeks and she's kind of like, "Oh man, I don't know. This this feels wrong." And he's like, "We're just hanging out." But it's like I, I mean, he has to know what kind of position he's putting yeah. in. He knows that she likes him, and it's, she's she's trying to do like the 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 noble sacrificial thing. Yeah, he he's trying to like you know just hang out and stuff, and he's old enough to know that he's putting her in a shitty position. But I also can't really blame him that much because he is also old enough to know that the system that she's in, the reason she's following these rules, is bullshit. And just that, that like, she should be able to make her own decisions about who the fuck she's going to marry or spend her time with without having to worry about the patriarchy, it, which, I mean, props, Sokka's come a long way. I was just going to fucking say that, because at the beginning of the show, I am not 100% certain that Sokka would have seen anything wrong with it. Yeah, well, I think that was important, though, to establish that, you know, mm-hmm. Sokka was kind of shitty and sexist, and he, he got over it, so that we can see a bigger structure later and see his growth versus that. And that's, that's really important because if it wasn't for that sort of growth here, where he's like challenging this system, not directly, but implicitly by going against, you know, the, the system, I, he might be a harder character to like in later seasons because this gives us a, a really strong idea of like, okay, where did he land though? Is he just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess women can fight or is he, you know, I guess all, women are people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or is he full on, you know, all women are Queens over here, Yeah, which, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but he's definitely more towards that. Yes, end of the he's, spectrum. he's definitely come a long way. Um, you mentioned like Sokka is putting her in this awkward position, but I mean, honestly, I can't really blame him. Like it seems to be the first time he has ever actually been in love Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even for adults, it is really, really, really difficult to resist that, like, pull. Yeah. Even it, if you know that person is terrible for you, like, or you, even if you know it's not something that's going to work out, it's hard to resist that. Yeah. So I can't at all blame Sokka for this. I do want to talk about their very Aladdin and Jasmine whole new world. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Experience in the sky. Real quick, though, I just wanted to point out that, like, I, I think it's important that while it's hard for Sokka to resist this sort of temptation to spend time with her, he and he's putting her in a bad situation, he's not, like, invalidating her feelings or, like, talking down to her or anything. No, no. He's no, no. He's just... He's just trying to, you know, he's trying to take a shot, right? Like, yeah. he just doesn't, he doesn't want to not go for it if he has the chance. Of and course. I think that's, as I often say with Sokka, relatable. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, a whole new world. <laughs> uh, super fucking cute. Mm-hmm. Just, mm. It's, it's, it's a cute scene. They almost kiss. It's, oh, fuck, it's romantic as fuck. I, I eat that shit up. Like, Sokka, fucking marry me. Like, goddamn. Damn, okay. Jesus. <laughs> How many fictional husbands do you have? I have so many fictional husbands. I do uh, want to point out that the Appa scene was yet another sort of bookend moment with the beginning of the season. Right. Aang tried to be like, oh, hey guys, check this out. Yip, yip. And, you know, Appa was still tired. He didn't do anything. And yeah. Sokka's like, come the fuck out. This stupid thing isn't going to fly. And... Sokka was eventually the one to get him to fly at yeah. the beginning. He's just like, what's the code word? Like, wahoo, yip, yip, and you know, and he t- flew off. Yeah. So, but, so him using Appa to impress someone else, and yep. just, you're like, yip, yip, trying the to be all. confidence in his voice. Yeah. I was just like, it's, yeah. I mean, it's very silly, though. It's it v- is, it is. To, to be so deadly serious when you're saying yip, yip. It's like. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little fun. But, oh, um, that should be our new safe word. Wow. <laughs> they're, so they're both forward, right? Like UA kind of like cuddles up against him and, and they both oh, yeah. need to go for the kiss. And Sokka's actually the one to pull away first. Yes. He's kind of yes. like, ooh, maybe that's too far. And again, props. He's yeah. come a long way. He's not taking, because he could so easily take advantage of this situation and mm-hmm. make her feel like shit for choosing her other thing. And I mean, he kind of does a little bit, but it's less like, choose me, what's wrong with you? And more like, why can't you choose what systems ah yeah um the black snow though oh my god the uh the ash it's perfectly ominous it was ooh, it interrupted that moment like ooh. yeah that's that's the good kind of tonal whiplash it was yes definitely tonal whiplash um and then we ski it everywhere it like taints that fountain it turns mm-hmm. it black and you know momo coughs on it and it's just really like it it's such a good signifier, right, of, like, oh, war is coming. Like, yeah. get ready. It, it doesn't feel, you know, it's not just, like, ooh, storm clouds, ominous. Like, this is, no, it's, like, a literal thing. And I, I don't yeah. know, it's just, it's so. The contrast with the white, you know, beautiful, pure white snow with this. Ashy shit. This black smudge. It's. I mean, it's a little on the nose, but I will absolutely appreciate the symbolism there. Yeah, but it's, you know, also, it's diegetic. Yes. And it's, you know, it's a kid show. It so is a kid show. on the nose is fine from time yes. to time. Uh, so, at that point, we change perspectives a little bit to Iroh and Zhao. Yes. For a very interesting conversation. Yes, it is. They talk about um, how they will be remembered in the history books, which... Uh, Iroh has some choice words for Zhao on Yes, that. he does. Zhao talks about Iroh's failure at Ba Sing Se, mm-hmm. which is, which is some shade. 
Yeah, for yeah. sure. Some shade. But Iroh returns with, you know, be careful. History is not always kind to its subjects. And, like, Zhao takes that to be like, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to fail. And it's like, yeah, man. That's not what he's talking about. Yeah, man. like, you, even if you succeed, like, this could go so many other ways. You have no idea. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just, like, regular-ass wisdom there. That's not mm-hmm. that's not even necessarily a personal experience, but... Iroh always comes in with the wisdom. But Zhao is way too self-centered to Absolutely. even consider the ads. Of what, me not a hero? You're stupid. You're dumb. I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, quick costume note, which I'm surprised I'm pointing this out before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fire Nation dudes all have coats now. Because they're going into the cold. Oh my god, I and didn't they notice look that. great. You know, Iroh has got this very stylish, you know, dark red kind of cloak with. I, I did think he's got that. a hood, yeah. and it's just, it's just like, but it fits in with their their armor. Like I think it, uh, some of it goes like interlocking. Like I think mm-hmm. I don't remember. I should have looked this up, but I think Zhao might have some armor on top of some thicker clothing, and it just I don't know. I like costume changes, especially when they're motivated by things like yeah. the actual weather. Like, they mm-hmm. need to worry about that. It's cool. Yeah. I, I like that um, they change up the costumes a lot in this show. You're not seeing every single character just wear the same piece of clothing the whole way through. Because, mm, can you, like, imagine how stained and tatty that would get? Like, gross. Yeah. That's something that always bothered me about shows <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, but I mean, peasants used to have, like, two shirts, right? Yeah. And, it was expensive. And it was gross, but hey, so are peasants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, me. we get back to, uh, the chief being sort of surprisingly realistic about their chances. Yeah. He's not all like, rah, we'll turn away the invaders. He's like, we may never see some of you again. This is a big deal, but we got to do it. And like, mm-hmm. it's he talks defi- about, oh, the faces that are, will vanish from our, oh gosh. Yeah. It's, and you know, there's a few key faces that show during that scene. It's mm-hmm. UA, Paku, and Han. It was Han, right? Let me take a look. The uh, shithead. We don't need to worry about his who name. Who fucking cares? Uh, which we hadn't really been introduced to yet at this point. So it's like, who's that guy? I hope he dies. Before that, there's a very frustrating scene with Sokka and Yue. Oh, that's on the right. Steps. Yeah. God. It's it's just another like really cringy, like fucking almost wannabe Shakespearean tragic romance scene. I, it's I think so you annoying. might be overplaying that a little bit. I don't bit. care. I hate it. Okay. I hate it. She's all like, we can't be together, blah blah blah. And Sokka's like, cool, we're friends. She's all like I wish we could be. And she like, oh, like runs away. And I'm just like, girl, I can't even like, I can't even blame her. Like, because she's not a real person. She's not. Well, okay. She's not a real person. It's just like, oh, I want to say the voice actress did a great job. Yeah. Not her fault. I blame the writing a hundred percent. And it's kind of a shame because the show is typically amazing at writing female characters in a way that is strong you can have a female character that does zero fighting whatsoever and she can still be a strong person she can still be she doesn't even have to be like strong but she can be emotional but have more dimension than i'm sad because love 
Mm-hmm. God. Sorry. <laughs> Rant over. Let's get back to okay, it. Okay, that's fine. Fuck. I'm mad. Uh, why don't we take a short break? We'll be cool <laughs> down and have some pizza. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it looks like our newest contestant of the Big Tub Challenge is really making waves. Folks, I think we've got a new record holder on our hands today. She's still chugging. What dedication. Folks, I'm not sure I can believe what I'm seeing here. She's been chugging hard for over four minutes, and the chugging shows no sign of slowing down. How long can one person chug? Let me remind our viewers that this chugging is completely voluntary. No one is being asked, my God, she's still chugging? So uh, where were we? Let's see, you had a rant about UA. Oh, uh, minor note that Aaron Ehas fought really hard for UA to have white hair. Okay. I don't, don't think I mentioned that in the previous episode. Uh, he's like the lead story guy, I think. And he very little visual input on the whole show, right? But when he wanted something, he's like, no, she has to have white hair because of her, you know, connection to the spirits and everything. It just thought that was interesting that they okay. they originally had her with black hair. He's like, no. I, I, I would kind of want to see what she would look like there with yeah. black hair. Just I think, out of curiosity. I think the white hair does a lot to make her design stand out, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, where did we leave off? So the chief was going over their war plan. You were mad about the scene on the steps. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I had a rant. So the chief was being a bummer. Yeah. Sokka volunteers, and we actually get a what I think is a pretty good moment from UA. She, like, waits until, like, Sokka gets his mark from the chief and leaves the room. And, you know, she actually cries. And, yes, it is... It's okay to show emotions, but my God, please don't let that be your only fucking character trait, you yeah. Hey. yeah. But no, like the fact that she waited until he was out of you to do that. It was just, it was a really good moment. Yeah. She was definitely upset. Yeah. Now let's talk about Aang. Okay. Yeah. So he has his moment. He says, I'm not going to, or sorry, I'm not going to make a difference. He says, I'm going to make a difference this time which is a big deal for him because, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to forget about Aang with all the romance subplots and the, you know, patriarchy subplots that, you know, this is supposed to be about him saving the world. And since he so utterly failed to do so last time, yeah. he wasn't really even around for it. No. Uh, you know, the, them failing here would be just as catastrophic as the, you know, the air nomads being wiped out. Like yeah. this culture will probably be gone if the Fire Nation gets their way here. Yeah. They don't seem to really take many prisoners. Mm, yeah. Woof. And so I just like that he is, like, deadly serious about this. We get a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's it. Oh, we get a cool visual moment with this, too, where he is... He kind of, like, poses and looks out at the water, and it is the exact same pose from the opening. Yeah. Yeah, a um, little more nod to I yeah I appreciate like that. that the uh, the shot of him uh, the shot of him on the mountain in the opening right because mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this is logo. definitely a turning point for the show and for Aang. Yeah, this is the first like real big okay. There's stakes here. You can't just mm -hmm. run away if you lose this one. There's Absolutely. nowhere to run to. Uh, so there, you know, it's like the stillness before the battle. It's really upsetting, and. 
the first couple volleys come in. Uh-huh. And we get a great shot of uh, the first hit breaks the Water Tribe insignia on the wall. Yes. It's a little heavy handed, but I actually somehow missed the symbolism before now. <laughs> it, I, it's just, it's great. This way of showing, you know, like, yep, this is what we're here to do. And yeah. you can see this is one ship, right? One ship is firing and it is devastating. It is. Like, already. It is, it is absolutely, like, decimating them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that everything's made of ice, so how... If you fire at ice, I mean, which one's gonna win? I mean, even if it had just been big, sharp rocks that they were firing, yeah. like, it, it, the, every, their, <laughs> their structures are kind of brittle. Oh, I want to talk about how Aang basically takes out this one ship single-handedly. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's it's a good moment. This is a, definitely a hero moment for him. Yes. Yeah, so like even just one ship showing up is like, it's really hard to deal with. And Aang flies out there and, you know, he does a lot of interesting things with like making the catapults or trebuchets or whatever fling into the deck. There's like a, a lot of clever use of the uh the hammer bros tools against them sorry to interrupt hammer bro like he was so fucking cool as like just such a like weird one-off like oh are you talking soldier. about no so that's the hammer boss oh, there's sorry, a bunch the of little boss. there's a bunch of little dudes with hammers well they weren't little they were huge dudes but like regular soldiers with hammers that he used to like you know he baited them into attacking their own trebuchet and then yeah. he was able to just like airbend it falls apart and you know, it was like really tactical and you could see like a level of confidence from him that I wouldn't say confidence is rare, but he's definitely, he's definitely a lot stronger um, after training, you know, waterbending, airbending. I think he waterbends a little bit here. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And then the, the big hammer row, the hammer boss comes out with his like freaking hammers on chains, Chain. which it's is so, so impractical, but so good. It's just like, yeah, you've definitely reached the mini boss, right? Like that's <laughs> definitely what this is. It's so extra. I am all about that. I, yeah. I ate that shit up. It was great. And when Aang does enough damage, the waterbenders show up and... Uh, capture it and it, yep. it the way they raise it up out of the water with the ice parallels the ship from the very first episode oh yeah or first or second the the opening whatever it was the second uh, but yes yeah that where you know katara and ang set off the trap that lets zuko know where they are like that that's that ship you know like in the same kind of pose mm -hmm. that way I just, I like that that, you know, was sort of like, okay, yeah, this is how once upon a time the Southern tribe was also able to defend themselves. Yep. And that's, that. I just don't know, I think that's really cool. And this was not a short sequence, really. No, yeah, this this yeah. It was a good two, three minutes at least. Yeah. Um, significant chunk for him to take this out. And you really saw like, I mean, yeah. And it did not look easy. Yeah, yeah, he's strong and he can do all this stuff. Basically, more or less single-handedly take out the ship. But... It was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, and he's going to be exhausted after that. And then, yeah, the scene, he goes up to... He starts to fly away from the ship, and in the distance, we see the rest of the fleet, like, and it is enormous. Like 200 goddamn ships. Oh my god. It And I mean, the, the you know, we've seen the big ships before, but, you know, from the Fire Nation's perspective, but I think... After having watched Aang tear through this one so methodically and take so much effort and so much time to do it, 
to have him go up there yeah. and see that, it feels like the floor drops out. It, it, it's like, are you fucking kidding? It is soul crushing. Yeah. And that's, it's perfect because yeah. that's what they want us to feel. Absolutely. Let's talk about the water tribes bullshit plan. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh God. It's just when they're like talking about their plan, they sound so confident and like, oh yeah. And then we're going to use these fire nation uniforms and like a per, you know, like dude comes out and Sokka just bursts out laughing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. Because the uniforms are out of style, which, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, that's a really cool yeah. thing that they put in. Yep. Which, side note, these uniforms were based on the Avatar pilot uniforms. I love that. They, uh, the character creator mentioned that back then he just wanted to put spikes on everything. So That's good. That's uh, good shit. That, I just think that's kind of funny that that's like, style. oh, it's the old times. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, like having having the uniforms change over time is realistic and it, it grounds it. Yes. In, you know, like, yeah, of course you can't just, you know. And it really um, hammers home the fact that this war has been going on for a long time. Way too long. Way too fucking long. But yeah, like Sokka like makes fun of it and upsets the whatever dude wearing it. Yeah. He's like, oh, how can we even trust you? Blah, blah, blah. He sucks so hard immediately. He sucks so hard, and we find out that this ass face is Yue's fiance. Yeah. But even, like, leading up to that, the whole, we need to know, you know, what what the Admiral is. And, like, Sokka is just like, oh, it's this guy, this is what he looks like, this is his general personality. And it's just sort of like, man, you guys would be screwed without Sokka. Like, this is his chance to shine. He's like, oh, I got all the intel. Let me dish. Like, y'all are fucked. it's, It's just... It's good to see that kind of thing rewarded because mm-hmm. especially since he's got kind of outsider status here yep. for him to be so valuable temporarily. Temporarily. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy's name was Han. Han. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, you marry you. And what do you what do you care when Sokka's upset? He's just like <sighs> nothing. Congratulations. Which is not convincing Oof. at all. Nope. But like nice save, though. Yeah. To like because a dude like this, this kind of shitty like frat boy dude bro would totally God, he looks like a fucking frat boy too he would totally be the kind of guy to like really value someone being polite mm. it's a way of deflection like yeah he knows his place Ugh. i'm han <laughs> they uh they mentioned in the Sucks commentary so they based his hairstyle on one of the I want to say one of the writers or board artists, maybe I forget who, but someone on the team, they based their hairstyle on Han and everyone hates Han so much that the dude got a haircut after this episode. That's hilarious. (laughs) Just think, I mean, it's kind of sad. Like, Oh no, they made him have to change his hair, but he had to change his signature style because Han sucks that bad. Yeah. Oh man. Let's, leave Han behind for a minute. Let's go over to Iroh. He, you know, advises that they halt the attack because the waterbenders draw power from the moon and it is a nearly full moon. But Zhao very ominously is all like, oh, I'm working on a solution to that problem. I think this is the first time they explicitly mentioned that bending grows stronger from... I mean, we know about Sozin's Comet already. Yes. So we know that there are 
events, natural events that can influence bending. Yeah. But this is the first time we really get like, yeah, it's stronger at night, especially during a full moon. Yes. And, and it um, makes sense. I mean, with the moon pulling the tide, the water. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It, it was... And it's another chance to show Iroh is a good strategist. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty basic stuff. Like, don't attack your enemy when they're at their strongest. But it's also like, I mean, you've been attacking since dawn. Like, you should probably stop it. Anyway. Right, yeah. Which sort of begs the question, why didn't the waterbenders just... Go on the, like, full offensive right then and there? Yeah. It's whatever. Maybe they spent all their energy shoring up their walls or whatever. Yeah, they're tired as fuck, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. From all the stuff they apparently did off screen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Zhao does halt his attack to his credit, and we see Aang return, broken and tired. I mean, he's barely not breaking down sobbing here yeah he's really defeated it's it's hard to watch it was it was it was a difficult scene you know he says he can't do it you know he admits he can't do it alone yeah what what he says specifically is i can't fight them all yeah says but you have have to. to you're the avatar and he replies i'm just one kid which is like, oof, yeah. yeah but he is, though. You, he yeah, is a child. All the cosmic destiny in the world can't make up for the fact that you are a 12-year-old mm-hmm. fighting an entire war. Not like some fucking, like, oh, I have the magic sword that means I win. Like, no, you no. need to go, the whole army? Like, that's insane. No, get out of here. That's too much. And it, it is easy to forget in moments like this where he's doing all the badass bending stuff that, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a literal child fighting a war that's like i mean it's his responsibility but it's not really like his war like like he was just kind of not ask for this i mean whoever does when they're in yeah, war yeah that's true it just seems it's doubly unfair because he was thrust into it a hundred years in progress Woof, like yeah. there's all this history here that you don't know anything about have fun then we got to we one got, of my one of my favorite iron zuko moments ever yeah it definitely gutted me Oh my god, it's it's a beautiful moment. You know, Iroh cons, he gives him some wisdom, and he is just like, I'm sorry for nagging. He says ever since he lost his son, he thinks of Zuko as his own. Zuko tries to cut him off because yeah. he can see, he's like, you don't have to say it. And just when Iroh's voice cracks and they yes. hug and it just... It was beautiful and... Oh, it the I get weepy every time. Mako is very good. And Dante Bosco, too. They do a yes. fantastic job really channeling this. And, you know, there's this sort of, like, you know, Zuko's normally like, ah, I gotta do it. And he's just there's very, like... softness to him. He's very somber here. Yes. I'm just sort of like, I have to do this. I, I There's no other option for me. Yeah. And Iroh just doesn't want to lose him. It's beautiful. And it... it it shows that, you know, Zuko really has come to appreciate Iroh and his advice, his wisdom. Mm-hmm. And and his um his almost his fatherly attention, you know? Absolutely. It's it's wonderful. They share a hug and they go off, but before, you know, Zuko goes off, Iroh tells him Remember your breath of fire, it could save your life. Which is funny. 
because I didn't even think they had RPGs in this universe. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork. Sorry, I've been waiting so long to make that joke. It's not even very good. Yeah. But it is important to mention for later. Yeah. I also like his advice to keep his hood up. Keep his yeah. ears warm. Yes. It's so it's so like he just it's can't adorable. he just can't stop like oh oh and one more thing before you go. Oh and uh oh yeah. did you bring enough lunch money and <laughs> you know. Oh. White snowsuit though, practical and stylish. Yes. Just that I don't know, I like all the costume changes here. It's mm-hmm. good cuz yeah, we would no one I could not believe that Zuko could sneak his way into the fucking palace wearing his normal, like, bright red and brown and yellow armor in a sea of white. Yeah. (laughs) So. Oh boy, this next scene. I've courted a lot of girls. Oh, God. Oh, says... Sorry, I'm mad already, and we haven't even gotten started. I know, started. I know. We can't, we can't afford to spend too much time on this. I think okay. it's suffice to say, Han's a creep. Han's a creep. He's all like, oh, I've coded many, many girls, but Yue is the finest. Like, he's talking about, like, a car. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah. He calls him Soka. Well, that, and that's his <laughs> thing. He can't get anyone's name right. Admiral yeah. Cho. I kind of like that. As, like, a character yeah. thing for him. It makes him more hateable. Oh, and then he goes on to talk about UA's perks. Her perks. Like, fuck this fuckboy. Wait. Fuck his dad. Fuck his mom. Fuck his... I mean... Fuck UA's dad, for one thing, for trying to marry her to this fucking creep. There's like, gotta be something oh. political going on here, right? Where, like, his dad is, you know, the treasurer or something. Because how else... Right, I feel like I fucking dated this dude in high school. Like you probably dated four of this dude in high dated school. Four of this dude, like yuck. And he's all like, "Oh, you is nice, is you know, nice and everything." But the points I'll gain with the chief ain't bad either. Fuck this guy. Why don't you just fucking marry her dad? You fucking creep. Why doesn't you oh. just fucking die? Yeah, that too. And Sokka shoots back with, you is wasted on a self-absorbed creep like you. Like, tell him, fuck him up, Sokka. Kill him. I don't even care. I don't even care. Maybe don't murder your your fellow tribesmen. (laughs) No, no, no. Just slit his throat, hide his body under a pile of snow. They'll never find him. Okay, Beth. Take it back one or two notches, maybe. (sighs) A little bit. So I hate him. <laughs> so yeah, they fight, they tussle. Sokka's off the mission. Yeah. Which seems like he's being punished, which I'm really glad you find out in a few scenes that he's not. It's a reversal of you you would think. Yeah. So I'd like to think that the chief is on Team Sokka, maybe at least a little bit. And he almost kind of seems like, yeah, my hands are tied here with this marriage thing, which I mean, buddy, they're super not. Like, dude, you're the fucking chief. You can do whatever the fuck you want. No, but tradition dictates. Oh my god, fuck you, tradition, and fuck you, sir. The necklace Han carved wasn't even very pretty. Oh my god, no, it was like the simplest, like... It's Mickey Mouse, but it was dumb. The, it was the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. It was just kind of, he was just kind of like, I gotta make one of these. Uh, good enough, right? Cool. I mean, based I on know. his personality, he definitely paid someone else to make it, right? Oh my god, right? <laughs> fuck this kid. He's like, oh, I don't know how to carve like, shit. 
God, I loved watching Sokka, like, beat the shit out of him, though. It was so good. I'm pretty sure it was only, like, two hits. It was still good. Okay. Delicious. Uh, I ate that shit up. Zuko sneaks in, and we get the return of his sneaky music from the Blue Spirit theme. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And we find out that Zuko is friends with animals. Which is just kind of a cute through line, is that he's just always making friends with animals. Like, everywhere he goes... And it's kind he, of subtle. They never point Zuko it out. Zuko is a Disney princess. He really <laughs> just like those turtle seals they loved, loved him. him. They did. <laughs> I don't remember if it's this scene or not where he tells them to shut up. Uh, no, that's later. But still, he's just he's just like stop being so noisy. Yeah. They're just like Zuko. Zuko's here. We love Zuko. Right? Yeah. He and he smart, smart, smart fucking Zuko. Like watches them you know, go under this hole in the ice, and he comes to the conclusion they must be coming up for air somewhere. But less smart Zuko maybe forgets that different animals have different lung capacities. Yeah, less smart Zuko. Pretty sure seals can stay underwater for hours, and definitely turtles can, so... And definitely Zuko can't. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, mm. but, you know, okay, I'll buy it. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. You know, it's fine. Uh, UA, in her pretty much... One of, like, two or three of her only moments of being smart and good at something that isn't crying helps Aang out. Yes. Sort of indirectly with, like, I mean, she mentions, like, oh, yeah, spirits. And Aang's like, holy shit, I forgot that spirits are a whole thing. Right? He's like, oh, shit, that's kind of my whole fucking thing. I forgot. Well, I mean, he had to be told by our rando about that. That wasn't something he was, like... Really yeah, that's true. Brought up and he was still learning airbending. Yeah. Let alone spirit stuff. We also get Yue talking about the balance between the moon and the ocean, which, I mean, anyone that knows gravity knows that the moon has a pole, but, you know. Wait, that's of, gravity? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we ain't got time for that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, and it just kind of helps to reiterate that the moon makes waterbending stronger at night. Aang is all like, maybe I can talk to the spirits and get their help. They're like, yeah, maybe some wisdom. And he ju- like he says, like, well, maybe they'll do a huge spirit attack. And they're like, Aang, yeah. come on. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, um, <laughs> Momo's out here trying to eat the frickin' spirits. Oh, Momo. I mean, we don't technically know that the spirits yet, but come on. Can we talk about how fucking beautiful the spirit oasis is, though? I, like, the whole concept is awesome. It's so beautiful. Just having this one little patch of like warm, grassy earth mm-hmm. at the at the North Pole is such a cool little thing. And it, you know, there's every magical world has this sort of thing. You know, th- there's something that defies explanation, right? We're like, oh, in this world, there's you know, over here's the floating cities or you yeah. know, islands or whatever. I I like that. As always, they have restraint. They're just going to do what dot one or two cool little things in here, and um, I, I don't know. It just makes it more powerful that the whole world is so naturalistic, and then you have just one thing out of place. It's ugh. yeah. And in the water, we see the moon and ocean spirit in this kind of like dance together, and they're mm-hmm. in like a fish form, and the fish are. It, it's basically the, the yin-yang. Yeah, yin and yang. You know, yeah. Yeah. Which seems a little bit... Eh. I, I mean, I, I guess 
this is coming from a very like dumb Western perspective, but I was always under the impression that uh, yin and yang were more about like good and evil. I but think it's I, just general balance. That yeah, just opposing forces being in balance. I mean that yeah. makes more sense here the way it's used. Yeah. So I guess that's true. Honestly, the good and evil thing is probably just a trope from Western misinterpretations, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Are you an expert on that aspect of culture? Email us and let me know how wrong I am. Because I would like to not be wrong anymore. Thanks. So, yeah, the Spirit Oasis is a really cool concept. And uh, actually, they mentioned in the commentary also that it's meant to be sort of like a bit of the spirit world is kind of bleeding into ours. Like that's, that's where I guess the, the barrier between the worlds is weak, I think is something along the lines of what you said. So that's where there's a lot of spiritual energy there. It's, this is like literally a piece of that world. That's just kind of come out the other side. And I love that. That's fantastic. It's wonderful. And when, uh, when Aang gets, or sorry, does he, um, I guess we go to Zuko before he finally meditates. Okay. So this is the part where Zuko actually uses his fire breath and the seals are still happy to see him. Okay. And then he sneaks into the city fine, like more fully. And, uh, it's a very short scene. It's very short, but it's cool. And I just like seeing Zuko be smart and good, even if he's doing a bad. Mm -hmm. And then we go to Sokka who uh, basically got his dream job without even applying for it. Right? The chief's all like, oh, hey, you should look after my daughter, Yue. And he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, like, gosh, darn, that's mm, really wanted to be on this mission, but I guess we'll do it for you, chief. (laughs) I have to question the logistics here. If you wanted Sokka guarding your daughter... Why are you waiting until you've been fighting for a full day to assign? Like, it's not like there's anyone else with her, right. like like a shitty palace guard that he's going to go relieve. She's she, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just I thought that was kind, kind of, of a funny wonder, thing. Like, where the hell was she during the battle before? Like, watching from the palace, crying. Probably. Fuck. I really, really fucking hate what they did to Yue. Yeah, it's not great. No. Uh, it sucks. So. Aang finally is able to slip into his spirit trance when he watches the fish. And they have this cool kind of warbling chime sound. Yeah. uh, Which is reminiscent of the sound from uh, the Hey Bye episode. Oh. Which, it's a different sound though, for sure. It still chimes, but definitely, like, these are, like, deeper and less ominous. In in the Hey Bye episode, that. yeah, in the Hey Bye episode, the chimes were almost like danger, like get freaked out. This is just more like weird and off and mystical. And I I don't know, I like that. It's cool. Yeah. And so he goes fully tranced after noticing there's fish. I guess <laughs> he's like, oh shoot, oh man, I love fish. Snore. Um, <laughs> and of course, right then is when Zuko shows up. Mm-hmm. And we get our first actual, like, one-on-one Zuko-Katara fight. Fucking love these two as a matchup. They're just fantastic. You can <laughs> cut the uh, tension with a knife. Oh, is it man. 
antagonist tension? Is or it is romantic it, tension? Yeah. Who can say? <laughs> I, I mean, the show. It's not romantic. The show basically yeah, says it's not romantic, it's but not it could romantic. be could if you be. if you squint if if you really believe. <laughs> if you write an, if you read enough fan fiction. Yeah. Oh God, I I ship it, but yeah, no. Uh, it's just a good fight. I don't yeah, really no. have anything to say about Katara it. Katara is hella strong because of the moon. You know, she but mentions also... that. She's defending Aang. And fucking encases Zuko in ice. And Zuko's all like, you little peasant. You found a master, haven't you? Which, like, of course, even basically complimenting her. He has yeah. to couch it in. You're so far beneath me even still. Right? Which Fuck. is funny because... I mean, as you've pointed out, like, even though he's like, ha, I'm looking down on you, as a Fire Nation person, he's not explicitly sexist about it. Yeah. He's just like, you're not from Fire Nation, so you're dumb and bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's just funny that it hurt. <laughs> it's kind of annoying that the bad guys are the most, like... I wouldn't say cool progressive. with the gender. I wouldn't say progressive. But as far as the genders go, there is a little bit more equality there. Both genders can be exploited. Yeah, Hooray, pretty capitalism. Much. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that fight goes on. Until daybreak. Uh, when Zuko becomes more powerful, the tables turn there. He says... You rise with the moon, I rise with the sun. Which and it's the first barf. Well, yeah, but it's the first um hint that we get that the fire is powered by the sun, which duh, like that is your source of heat. Yeah, but it is the first time they mention that you they're explicitly stronger during the day. Yes. I I really like that matchup, you know, um them being kind of opposites of each other yeah. in that sense. The line is still very hard to listen to. I yeah. thought it was cheesy even as a kid. It's cheesy, but it... it I rise with the sun. Like, okay, Oh, Zuko. come on. It, it's Zuko. He's <sighs> dramatic. I just... He's had better one-liners, okay? Yeah. Uh, and he kidnaps Aang and runs away. Yeah, into which a is snowstorm. Hilarious. Yeah. No exit strategy. No anything. I mean, it's, it's bleak and awful and i love it just everything's it, gray it's a good final scene though you just see him walking into the snowstorm and vanishing yeah um side note the fire nation also breaks into the city using their weird little like their ships have like a boarding ramp as the tip that's yeah, like a thing which i think is kind of cool oh it's that's fantastic For i don't worship like that is smart i don't know if that design like makes physical sense yeah, but it, it's you know? cool as hell so it's who cares cool and so it's kind of like oh shit bad end for this episode yeah. but you know again this is all set up part two has more payoff for all that stuff mm -hmm. yeah i think that's all we had to say about that any final thoughts Ooh. don't worry ua i'm sure she'll get to do something important next episode i'm i'm sure she will one time. One time. Fuck, Yue could have been amazing. Well, she's retroactively amazing. And isn't that all that matters? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. I'm sorry, I shouldn't tease. Ah, I'm just, I'm frustrated because I desperately want to like Yue. Like, 
She's got a cool thing going for her, like, princess of the water. I mean, we got to see here that she's, like, she's smart and knowledgeable about things, and she takes them to the spirit oasis. Like, she's not like, oh, ho-ho, you know, like, oh, ho-hum, I wish a a man would come along and tell me what to do. Like, she's helpful. She's doing things. She's just not as much of a fleshed-out character as our main cast. I mean, and I guess in this incredibly sexist society, when would she have gotten the chance to learn the basics of anything? Yeah, well, we don't, I mean, it's not like she doesn't know things. She's just dramatic about romance, which, I mean, to be clear, she is 16. Yeah, she is. That's the prime time to be dramatic about romance. Yeah, I know. I just wish that wasn't, like, all that they gave her. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. And, like, I would not have minded the romantic thing. I would not have minded, like, the overdramatic, like, teenage angst if she had anything else going for her. Yeah. If she had anything else. Yeah. They could have dropped that subplot a little a little bit, one or two scenes to focus on something else. Cause... Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they have a lot of plates to juggle in the finale here, but it's... It's just a shame, is all. I just think it's a shame. So, uh, I guess this episode of our podcast is also ending on a bummer note. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening, and thanks to Snesse for letting us use the track Unity from the EP Digression. You can find that and more at snesse.bandcamp.com. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us at deeplorepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash deeplorepodcast, and on Twitter at deep underscore lore. We're proud today to be sponsored by Wendy's. Wendy's. You can't say that. You've got food. (laughs) We're not. No, you, you can't. That was my new sign-off. Did you like it? I hated it. Okay. I absolutely hated it. Well, you know what? You do one. All right. Um, this has been Deep Lore and... Boo! And I'm about to divorce my husband. No! <laughs> That's too heavy. It is too heavy. Um, and I'm gonna go turn into the moon and die. Um. No, that can be next episode. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go cry about love because I'm a woman and that's what I do. Man, these are all bummers. Yeah, I know. Uh, This has been Deep Lore. (laughs) Don't wait. Okay, wait. Deep Lore is a part of this balanced breakfast. Perfect. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Let's, uh, Let's wrap this up. (laughs) <laughs> so many bugs that I need to get. What the fuck are you talking about? Animal Crossing. Right. Oh, here it is. Deep lore script. Okay. I didn't do a warm-up. Maybe I should practice. Hello. 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 No, you're going to hurt your voice doing that. Hello. Please don't. Hello. Thomas. What episode is this?
This is Siege episode 18, of the 19. North. This is 19. I don't, I'm not looking for a number, I need the name. <laughs> Siege of the North, part one. Okay.